The Kakadu Plum is an Australian native superfood containing 100 times more vitamin C than oranges. So why have you never heard of it? PR. No one's drinking a Kakadu smoothie? I'm JB Smooth, and that was a full episode of my new podcast, Straightforward. Inspired by guaranteed straightforward pricing from AT&T Fiber. Get what you want without the complicated. AT&T Fiber, live like a gagillionaire. Available wherever you get your podcast. Limited availability in select areas. Visit at and slash hypergig for details. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts. If you dare. Looking to step up your Mother's Day flowers? The Home Depot has an idea. Let mom's green thumb do some digging with colorful flowers, pots, and premium soils to bring out the most in her patios, walkways, and gardens. Right now, get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 for strong, healthy, vibrant plants indoors and outside. Shop our wide selection online and pick up your order in-store and give mom the gift of a beautiful garden. Get Vigoro Potting Soil, just $8.97 at The Home Depot. How doers get more done. When you buy Kroger brand products, you feel like you're winning. That's because they offer proven quality at lower than low prices. In fact, we guarantee that you and your family will love how Kroger brand products taste. Or you get your money back. So next time you're shopping for the family, look for delicious Kroger brand products. Because they'll make you all feel like you're winning. Shop now, in-store, or online. Kroger, fresh for everyone. This Day in History class is a production of iHeartRadio. Hello, and welcome to This Day in History class, a show that strives to know at least a little bit more about history every day. I'm Gabe Luzier, And in this episode, we're talking about a strange incident in the often tragic life of Impressionist painter Vincent van Gogh. The topic hinges on an instance of self-harm, which some listeners may find disturbing. If that's you, maybe give this episode a pass or circle back when you feel better prepared. The Day was December 23rd, 1888. Dutch painter Vincent van Gogh mutilated his own left ear with a razor blade while living in Arles, France. The most widely accepted account is that van Gogh experienced a manic episode after getting in an argument with his fellow artist and housemate, Paul Gauguin. Historians have discussed the nature of van Gogh's unstable mental health for over a century, but with little evidence to go on, they haven't come to a firm conclusion. What we know for certain is that the artist wrestled with severe depression, that he consumed paint and other chemicals, and that he sometimes saw and heard things that weren't really there. Today, Vincent Willem van Gogh is one of the most popular artists of all time, and his paintings, now worth millions, 
are on display at the finest museums throughout the world. Unfortunately, as is often the case, the artist never saw any of that success in his lifetime. He sold very few of his works and largely depended on his younger brother, Theo, for financial support. Van Gogh decided to be an artist in 1880 at the age of 27. Prior to that, he had worked as an art dealer for a gallery and as a preacher, ministering to impoverished miners in Belgium. In 1881, he received painting and drawing lessons from his uncle, an accomplished artist named Anton Mauve. Van Gogh's early work drew inspiration from his experiences with the peasant families he had met in the mining village. As a result, the paintings from this period tend to be darker toned and more somber than the bright, vivid scenes that appear in his most famous works. In 1886, Van Gogh moved to Paris, where he began developing his well-known style. The hectic life of a modern city inspired the artist to experiment with bright colors and short brush strokes, as well as more upbeat subjects like cafes and floral still lifes. Artistically, Van Gogh was making great strides, but financially, he remained dependent on his brother Theo who worked in Paris as the manager of an art gallery. After two years there, the bustle of city life and its expense got to be too much for Van Gogh. He longed for a change of scenery, so in February of 1888, he boarded a train and traveled to Arles, a small town in the south of France. Van Gogh rented several rooms in a big yellow house and quickly fell in love with his new surroundings. He painted scenes of the countryside, like blossoming orchards and field workers gathering the harvest, as well as vibrant still lifes, including his famous sunflower series. His style became lighter and more expressive, a drastic change from the somber tones of his early work. Life in Arles not only improved Van Gogh's productivity, but his ambition as well. He wrote to Theo about his desire to establish what he called a studio of the South. The idea was basically to set up an artist's colony in Arles, where he and others could live and produce work for Theo to sell in Paris. Theo was supportive of his brother's idea, and even arranged for Paul Gauguin to travel to Arles as a kind of test run for the colony. Gauguin arrived in late October of 1888, and things started out pretty well. He and Van Gogh worked enthusiastically and even painted each other's portraits. Still, the men had very different views on art, which often led to heated arguments. The growing tension came to a head on December 23rd when Van Gogh threatened his friend with a razor before ultimately turning it on himself. The facts of the ear incident have become muddled over time. Alternate accounts exist for virtually every detail of the story, including why Van Gogh chopped off his ear in the first place, how much of it he actually chopped off, and what he did with it afterward. Let's take those one at a time, starting with the artist's motive. Most accounts suggest Van Gogh's mania was triggered by Paul Gauguin threatening to leave the house in Arles. However, 
Some Van Gogh experts have recently suggested that the artist took a razor to his ear after learning that his brother Theo had gotten engaged. The presumption is that Van Gogh would have felt threatened by his brother's relationship, perhaps fearing that marriage would leave Theo with less time, energy, and money to devote to Van Gogh's projects. Historians previously thought that the artist only learned of the marriage after he cut his ear. However, new evidence suggests that he actually heard the news on the same day that he fought with Gauguin and then mutilated his ear. According to author and Van Gogh specialist Martin Bailey, quote, It was fear that pulled the trigger and led to the breakdown. Fear of being abandoned in both an emotional and financial way. As for the severity of the wound, some say just the lower earlobe was severed, while others insist it was almost the entire appendage. Van Gogh later documented the ordeal in a pair of self-portraits, but in both of them his ear is bandaged, so it's hard to tell how much is missing. Other evidence is just as ambiguous. For instance, a letter written by the doctor who first treated the wound contained a sketch showing the ear had been completely detached. However, a different doctor who tended to Van Gogh two years later also made a sketch of the ear, and his showed that just the earlobe had been severed. Why the medical drawings are so different is one of the many mysteries that still surrounds the event. Lastly, let's look at what happened to the ear itself. According to early reports, later that evening, Van Gogh wrapped his severed ear in newspaper, walked to a brothel in the nearby red light district, and presented it to a sex worker named Rachel. Remarkably, the only part of that story that's been questioned is the name and occupation of the poor girl who got stuck with the ear. According to research by Bernadette Murphy, another author and Van Gogh scholar, the unlucky recipient was actually an 18-year-old girl named Gabrielle Berletier, who worked at the brothel as a maid. Murphy also found evidence that the girl worked a second job at a cafe where Van Gogh frequently hung out. This suggests that he didn't give her his ear by chance, though any intended significance, as well as what she did with it, remain unknown. The morning after the incident, Van Gogh was admitted to the local hospital, where he remained for about two weeks. When he was discharged in January of 1889, the artist had little recollection of cutting his ear. He resumed painting, but in the months that followed, his mood fluctuated wildly. Fearing another mental crisis, Van Gogh decided to voluntarily admit himself to a psychiatric hospital in May. He continued painting throughout his one-year stay, and despite his illness, he produced some of his most famous works during this time, including Irises and Starry Night. In May of 1890, Van Gogh left the mental hospital and moved to an artist's village near Paris. He found peace there for a time, but by mid-July his illness and concern for the future became too much for him to bear. On July 27th, he shot himself in a wheat field and died two days later at the age of 37. The artist left behind a large body of work, more than 850 paintings and nearly 1,300 drawings. 
His genius was recognized posthumously, and today he's remembered not only as the troubled man who cut off his ear, but as one of the most gifted artists the world has ever known. I'm Gabe Luzier, and hopefully you now know a little more about history today than you did yesterday. If you'd like to keep up with the show, you can follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at TDIHCshow. You can also leave us a review on Apple Podcasts, and you can write to us at thisday at iheartmedia.com. Thanks to Chandler Mays for producing the show, and thank you for listening. I'll see you back here again tomorrow for another day in history class. For more podcasts from iHeartRadio, visit the iHeartRadio app, Apple Podcasts, or wherever you listen to your favorite shows. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is Uncanny USA. He says, somebody's in the house, and I screamed. Listen to Uncanny USA wherever you get your BBC podcasts, if you dare. Xfinity has free premium networks for everyone this month, no matter what kind of entertainment you love. Addicted to true crime? Catch killer cases and more spine-tingling shows on A&E Crime Central. Crave adventure? Explore Asian action movies on Hayah. Searching for something extreme? Check out skating, snowboarding, and more on Fuel TV Plus, the global home of action sports. And find crowd-pleasing bops on iHeartRadio's Hit Nation playlist. There's new free shows and movies to love every week. Say free this week in your Xfinity voice remote. We are the voice of NASCAR. The green flag is in the air, and we are underway. The great American race. The Motor Racing Network. NASCAR Cup, Xfinity, and Craftsman Truck Series Racing live on your hometown radio station and MRN or NASCAR.com. Martinsville, Talladega, the Chicago Street Course. We have the side-by-side action and last lap passes for the win. Photo finishes. Ryan Blaney will win. The voice of NASCAR, the Motor Racing Network. Zumo Play is your destination for endless entertainment. With a diverse lineup of 350-plus live channels, movies, and full TV series, you'll easily find something to watch right away. And the best part? It's all free. Love music? Get lost in the 90s with iHeart 90s. Dance away with hip-hop beats and more on the iHeartRadio music channels. No logins, no signups, no accounts, no hassle. So what are you waiting for? Start streaming at play.xumo.com or download from the app and Google Play stores today. All you can stream with Zumo Play.